0: on this episode of Team Building Saves the World.
1: Do you want your business to be around in 50 years? Do you want it to be here in 100 years? We, on the path that we are on, are kind of screwed. Uh (laughs) I can also wear pajama pants whenever I'm doing (laughs) a podcast (laughs) interview. You have happier employees, you have healthier employees, you have better profits, you have bigger customer bases. I really don't know what the hesitation is for. (laughs)
0: team. It's me, your old friend, Rich Rinnensland, host of Team Building Saves the World, the show where I speak to the leaders and innovators of the team building industry from all across the globe, trying to find out what about that industry is so important, especially in the world of today. And today, we're looking at the environmental impact of remote work with writer and researcher Andrea Burgess. But first, I need to share some love with my supporters at Team Bonding. If your team is ready to experience teamwork through the power of play, then visit teambonding.com to learn more. And now, team, please join me in welcoming a writer and researcher with Alliance Virtual Offices, Andrea Burgess. And Andrea, that is just a small group of people I keep chained up under my desk just to applaud you. How are you today?
1: I love it. I'm great. How are you?
0: (laughs) I'm great. Thank you for asking. So we're talking about environmental impacts for the stay-at-home worker, for remote work. I guess the the first question just to ask is, do we know about how many people currently in the U.S. or worldwide are actually at home working right now?
1: Um, That's a difficult question to answer because there are still some after effects of the pandemic happening. Mm -hmm. So that number is kind of in flux, you know, when at the height of the pandemic, pretty much anyone who wasn't an essential worker was working from home. Okay. Um, now a lot of that is being phased out. So it's kind of, it's a little bit hard to say an exact number, but there are a lot of companies that have embraced remote work and especially hybrid working models. <laughs> um, okay, I
0: should also let everybody else know out there that you have a guest with you, Peach. Yes, your this is
1: my dog, my dog, Princess Peach. She, <laughs> she loves being a guest star on interviews and podcasts. <laughs>
0: she always thinks that we're
1: talking to her as well. So she Lovely. will probably be... Cute throughout this entire meeting.
0: (laughs) Okay, so let's talk about that impact. What are some of the impacts that we are seeing of remote work?
1: Well, we know that remote workers, um, those who reduce their commute to zero, who work from home remotely 100% of the time, they approximately reduce their carbon footprint by 1,800 pounds. So that's Hmm. a big savings. We also know that waste production, whenever you're not working in an office, for some reason, people throw a lot more garbage away whenever somebody else is taking out the trash. So so additionally, uh, things like printing papers, a lot of people, if they have printers at home, they want to use those more sparingly because cartridges are expensive. And, you know, if you can have it pulled up on your home desk anytime that you want, you don't really need a printed out copy. So people are using a lot less paper, producing a lot less trash, and the environmental effects of running a large business rather than just running the, the AC or the heater in your home is mm. a lot more environmentally friendly than working in an office.
0: Mm. So what else are we looking at? Because like you said, just the, the reduction of the carbon impact. Do we know exactly how much like drive time has been eliminated through r- remote working?
1: I, I believe, I can't quote you a, a statistic on that right this minute, but I believe the average drive time is somewhere between 19 and 24 minutes, okay. um, one, one way per mm-hmm. employee. So right now for me specifically, the two in-person jobs that I have, I drive 19 minutes for one and 56 minutes for another. So, yep. you know, if I go back to working 100% um, remotely, then that would be to almost three hours of a reduction in, in commute time per week, okay. per day.
0: <laughs> so this sounds so far like a big positive. Like we yes. lo- Like we're looking at a great reduction. What was it beforehand? Like, what did we see early on in the pandemic? that was making everybody kind of excited, not only to be working from home because they get to be home and still work,
1: but, right. but mm-hmm. also
0: environmentally. Because I know there was a lot of talk about the environmental impact that was happening then, like mm-hmm. March 2020.
1: Um, well, we did see um, an uptick of um, greenhouse gases due to working from home. But if you take that number compared to the amount of greenhouse gas emissions that we had just prior to that, um, it is significantly less. So one of the key statistics that we had is saying that a forest of over 70,000 square miles would need to be planted to offset the environmental impact of working from home. Mm. But that is still about a 67% drop from what it would be if all of those people were still working in the office.
0: Got you. All right, I looked up some things before we came on and I'm seeing that like, it's estimated like one in four Americans are currently working from home and will be through 2021. What are we currently still seeing? What is is maintaining now, as opposed to what it was in the beginning?
1: From what it was in the beginning, there are obviously, you know, people are getting back into the new sense of normalcy. But we still do have a lower, I think it's 2 to 3% lower carbon dioxide emissions than we did whenever everyone was forced to work in the office 100% of the time. Mm. And not only the environmental impact, but a lot of consumers are looking for companies that are environmentally conscious that allow their their workers a good quality of life. And in addition to the um, better quality of life, but also you know working from home is more environmentally friendly. So mm-hmm. the consumers are looking for companies that do that type of thing. So those big businesses that are offering these new hybrid models, um, they're seen as more environmentally friendly and they're getting an uptick in customer loyalty an increased customer base and higher returns. So, why
0: is it's, that? It's not. Why is that happening, especially uh, the, because, the customer?
1: Because base. Uh, because customers these days, especially millennials, which are <laughs> you know one of. The, the largest consumer population, almost tied pretty much close tied with boomers, but right. are a lot more conscious about where they're putting their dollars. I mean, okay. we don't have a lot of dollars to put out there. <laughs> so we want to make sure that we're supporting companies that are going to be earth-friendly, mm-hmm. that are good to their employees, like a place that you would want to work, um, that you want to support, that they treat their employees well. And that kind of brand awareness that kind of awareness of what companies are doing behind the scenes rather than just their their profits and net gains that are are promoted in news media and things like that like people are looking into that that's important to a lot to a larger and larger percentage of buyers
0: Hmm. so you had mentioned the up spike that we have Mm -hmm. noticed from remote work what are people doing at home that's causing Um, any problems
1: Well, a lot of times, um, whenever people leave the house for work, they they turn their their heating and cooling systems to a more friendly degree. Um, They don't use as much lighting. They eat out a lot more, so there's more uh, people who are cooking on gas stoves and electric stoves, so using those resources. Mm. One thing that people can definitely do to help offset that is, you know, maybe set the thermostat a couple degrees cooler or warmer than you would normally have it. Don't light the whole house if you're only going to be working in your office, right. um, especially cut out the uses of um, like paper products, paper plates, plastic cups, use things that are, are reusable. Okay. So that is a few things that people can do to help within their work from home environments to even be more envir- environmentally friendly.
0: From Everything that it sounds like, this is all coming across as positives. Yes. Yet mm-hmm. we're we're kind of being sold, depending upon who you're listening to, that this is a negative. It's time to get people back to work,
1: mm-hmm. meaning
0: back in the offices. Right. Why are we? He- why is this what we're hearing, as opposed to congratulations, everybody? We're coming this much closer to solving greenhouse emissions. Right. right.
1: There is a large percentage of people, especially in management, who feel their employees lack accountability whenever they don't have a boss sitting over their shoulder all wow. of the time. That's, that's one reason. Another reason does actually come from workers. And this is something that I've been investigating on the new study that we're doing about um, employee well-being mm. and working from home. And interestingly, most, uh, the majority of workers who say, I don't want to work at home anymore. I want to go back to the office are young men who are afraid that their contributions and their their hard work and their dedication is not going to be seen by upper management as a way of promotion? Whenever they're not directly in the line of sight of the people that are making these decisions.
0: Interesting. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that like is this something corporations are actually taking into consideration? Or uh, I haven't
1: got to that point. Okay. In in the in the research project that I'm working on, I would assume. Yes, I would assume yes, that that is something that they're, because, you know, that's the way that we're used to working. Now, if it was an equal playing field, if everyone was treated equally, whenever they were working from home, then that kind of thing wouldn't matter. Like the the results that you produce should speak for themselves. But... We all know that the world is not 100% fair and the playing field is not equal for everyone. So, I mean, I do think that it presents a valid concern. I just think that it's very interesting that that female employees seem to be less concerned (laughs) about that type of thing.
0: And that is a whole different podcast topic entirely. (laughs) (laughs) But actually, Andre, if you don't mind, I'm going to step away just for a quick second here because I need to take a minute to tell my friends out there about a company I'm very proud to be a part of, Team Bonding. Team Bonding was founded over 20 years ago with one simple question. How can employees have a great time while fostering strong, authentic bonds between people who work together? They've created a catalog of innovative events using the power of play as a learning tool and tapping into the correlation of work and play. From scavenger hunts to Jeopardy and so much more, the Team Bonding of activities live, virtual, and hybrid maximizes the impact of team building with an accent on fun. So visit teambonding.com to schedule your event now. Team Bonding, when you want seriously fun results. And we are back with Andrea Burgess. Andrea, thank you again so much for coming on board with us today. This is such an important topic. The world has just gotten together for the G20. And can you go over with us what they had, what their findings have told us?
1: Um, Well, that we... On the path that we are on, are kind of screwed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. That
1: we, we things are not looking well for planet Earth if we continue going on the path that we are all on right now.
2: Right. Um.
1: They have said that we need to cut um global warming by anywhere between one point five to three degrees,
2: mm.
1: um, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it is an absolute ton. It is ton and there needs to be really drastic changes to be able to from countries from all around the world to be able to meet that goal so that we can save the planet um Mm a three percent increase in global warming would be absolutely catastrophic and lead to things that we probably can't even imagine
0: and if i if i'm not incorrect i could be i just want to put that out there But I believe I I read somewhere that it's like they have all agreed to to reduce or cause the reduction to like one point eight five percent.
1: Yeah, and that's all everybody. (laughs) Yeah, that's
0: all everybody would get together and say they were willing to do over the next few years.
1: Yes, and and that's not even a blanket promise from for all of the countries involved. And you know what, the politics of it are very complex, and there are a lot Mm -hmm. of developing countries that are still they still need fossil fuels to be able to reach the type of industrialization that first world countries enjoy. So that has to be taken into account whenever these first world nations give their pledges of how much they are willing to do that we need to say, you know, we've been doing this for a while, so it's probably we need to take a bigger step. We need to do more than the bare minimum Mm. um, to be able to offset the countries that haven't been as fortunate as we have right? um, and still need these things to be able to save their people to have a good quality of life.
0: Former President Obama uh, recently Mm -hmm. made a speech where he said that we should be the ones leading the way for those who really can't
1: exactly and it's not only a question of you know looking out for the little guy it's not just you know trying to give someone else a hand up it's taking responsibility for the things that we've been doing for you know 100 years 200 years Mm. um running amok on these these type of things without any concern for the consequences so now it's it's not just saying like oh we need to help these people out it's we need to account for our actions Mm. and make up for the decades and decades of awful things that we've been doing to the planet
0: (laughs) so are there any things that you can see that companies can do now in the u.s Mm -hmm. that can get that started because if working remotely is one great way to start if it's bringing things down fantastic but Mm -hmm. what what more can be done
1: satellite offices would be wonderful so there are a lot of companies that i'm sorry
0: what does that do for us
1: Um, That reduces the commute time for large portions of the population. So if you have a centralized office building in a big city, chances are you're going to have people that are commuting from the suburbs. They all have their families and they want their houses and the big yards and things like that. So they're all coming in from these like not insignificant small towns, but these like suburban areas outside of big cities. So instead of having one giant centralized office that everybody has to come into, Mm -hmm. offer some satellite offices that are a little bit smaller. You can like rent out spaces, allow people to work from home more, but then have centralized little satellite offices that people can only have to drive maybe 10 minutes to Mm -hmm. rather than 45, 30, 45 an hour. So that reduces a lot of the commute time, offering incentives to keep things in the cloud. Um, So instead of having everything pulled out and printed out, um, I work a lot in libraries, so I know a lot about the archival process and we have to keep (laughs) paper documents forever. Yeah. And the storage of those things is expensive. It's it's time consuming and it's space consuming. So moving more things electronically mm-hmm. and the cost of maintaining a cloud server as far as the environmental impact is a lot lower than ma- maintaining a physical repository for sure. all of your physical documents.
0: Sure. So this all sounds fantastic and fairly easy to do, but of course it's going to cost money. So, what can we what can we describe to them that's going to offset that? Like, how can well, one, they be sure this is going to be effective and efficient for them? Right.
1: Um, one big cost that a lot of people don't think about is waste management. So, if you have a big, giant corporation. Think about how many dumpsters you have to walk past to get to your office. Think about all of the trucks, all of the drivers, all of the gasoline, Mm. all of the sorting and processing and storage of all of that garbage that you're producing. So whenever you move things to the cloud, you're automatically reducing all of the type of things that you're going to have to dispose of eventually. So there is quite a bit of cost savings that can be happening in waste management. Another thing is employee well-being. So we spend, you know, tens of thousands of millions of billions of dollars on employees who have, in, have been injured, who are suffering from chronic illness, um, chronic pain, um, mental health issues. Whenever you allow the flexibility of people to say, you know, I'm not really feeling the best today. Can I work from home? And then they're not chained to that nine to five hours. They can sleep in a little bit more if they're hurting they can take a break in the afternoon if they're getting overwhelmed. You yeah. still get that eight hours of work from them. You just get it on it on something that is more comfortable and manageable for them. Right. Rather than especially people with chronic pain, having telling them they have to drive forty-five minutes one way to the office whenever they are hurting every single second. Then they're going to have to take days off to go to the doctor. You're Mm going to have to pay for all of that kind of thing through insurance premiums. And not to mention if it does get too stressful or too painful, you could lose quality talent. So just the, the human cost is enormous and being able to offer at least hybrid work models where people have the option to, to come in or work from home, Mm -hmm. work from uh, you know, if they're taking care of a sick, parent or something like that, they can bring their laptop and, you know, do that kind of thing.
0: Mm. Plus, as I understand it, millennials who are looking for work- uh, Absolutely. Tend to look up the the company's practices to see what they can do. Yes,
1: absolutely. And that is one thing that has been a big sea change since the pandemic is all workers of all ages, especially millennials, because we are such a huge part of the workforce these days, Mm -hmm. uh, are looking for companies that offer these type of things. And they will absolutely reject a job offer for someone that doesn't offer flexibility, that doesn't offer, you know, work from home options Mm -hmm. over a company that will. I can't give you a percentage, but a large percentage of the time, I, I am one such person. That's why I have multiple jobs, because I can balance them into a conglomeration that works for me. Mm. I can work from home for some things. I can go into the office and have my camaraderie with my patrons and my um, other, you know, academic professionals and all of that kind of thing. But then I can also wear pajama pants whenever I'm doing (laughs) a podcast interview. (laughs) With my dog on my lap. Thank you, know, thank you for so. that
0: in-depth behind-the-scenes look.
1: You're
0: welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about the individual. You already mentioned turning off the lights when you're not going to be in a room other than your office, turning down mm-hmm. the ambient uh, air or mm-hmm. heat throughout the entirety mm-hmm. of the house. What else can mm-hmm. they do? Well, okay, um, I've got I got the job that's allowing me to do at least partially work from home.
1: Mm-hmm. When I'm
0: home, how can I make the most of it?
1: Um, well, another thing specifically related to um, working is whenever you're having those Zoom meetings, those team meetings, video is a lot more data intensive than just audio. So if you're having constant meetings all the time with all of your coworkers online, just turn your camera off. That way you don't have to, like, put your face on or get ready. You can, you know.
0: Is that why feet. my electric bill went up during the pandemic?
1: <laughs> well, that makes, that makes a certain
0: amount of sense now. Probably.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But another thing that just as far as not specifically Mm work-related, but um, having grass, a grass lawn is terrible for the environment. It uses so much resources and it gives nothing back. So Mm. plant a garden, put a rain barrel under your gutter so you can collect water from the sky and not have to um, water all of that awful grass (laughs) with sprinklers, you can just use the rain barrel. Plant other things, um, native plants. I live in Illinois at this time, so I'm planning like a native Illinois garden for the house that we're going to be moving into. Another thing is if you are in the market to purchase a house, purchasing an existing house is so much more environmentally friendly than building a new one. There's so sure. so many terrible environmental impacts involved in building a new house. So go ahead and buy your dream home, but make sure it's something that's already exists. It was already
0: somebody's <laughs> dream home before you came along.
1: Exactly. Again. Yeah, and then you can make it your own. Nice. Love. Plant, plant plant a large native garden <laughs> to replace all the grass.
0: Okay. So to talk a little bit more about the team building side of all of these things, we have been discussing throughout the entirety of this season on the podcast, what's better working remote, working live or a hybrid of in between? What kind of detriment are we seeing saying, you know, when we say let's all gather everyone we know from across the country and from across the world who works for this company and bring them all together versus getting everybody on a zoom screen?
1: There will be some people that argue that you that you miss some human costs with that, mm-hmm. but that with technology today, like I just got a new VR headset and have been using it to talk to my friends, and it is amazing. Huh. It feels like they are right there in the room. Like uh, there have been a lot of times where I'm like, oh. <laughs> Nope, you're not there, really. <laughs> so investing in these type of technologies is not only extremely cost-saving, but it also gives you a lot of the in-person feel that a lot of people would argue is missing in those type of things. Okay. Um, another benefit of using um, things like virtual office rooms and things of that nature is that um, the aviation industry is the second most polluting industry in the world. First is industrial. And there's not really a whole lot that we can do about that. I can't govern, you know, whenever bridges are built. (laughs) I can't govern whenever a large corporation wants to build a new office building or, you know, some rich person wants to build a mansion or something. There's nothing that I can do about that. But I can choose to have a virtual meeting rather than fly across the country and put out just massive, massive amounts of energy. Or of greenhouse gases into the environment. The top 1% of business travel, of aviation travelers, travel for business. They travel in first class, they take the luxury private jets and things of that nature. And that 1% accounts for 50% of aviation's air travel. So the number two Mm -hmm. cause of pollution in the entire world, half of it comes from 1% of flyers. And to me, that is absolutely unexcusable.
0: I had heard at the beginning of the pandemic when they were talking mm-hmm. about the grounding of most air travel that even the jet stream had started to repair itself mm-hmm. just from the lack mm-hmm. of planes going overhead. I didn't mm-hmm. even know the jet stream had a problem.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Evidently it does. The thing is, is whenever you are in a corporation that's is multicultural that has offices in all different parts of the world it can be difficult to do business without being face-to-face without reading somebody's body language without looking in their eyes but whenever you are utilizing these new tools that technology has given us i think that replaces a lot of the missing aspects a lot of the things that you would not get from a flat screen
0: Tell us more about them. Like, what are we looking at when we're seeing virtual? We're talking about virtual office buildings.
1: Um, well, the ones that I've been using recently, it's wonderful because you can have a surrounding. You can be in like an ancient Japanese temple, and you can walk around. Like, you have to make sure that your your space is, <laughs> is sure. empty, but you, you can walk around. You can look at the artwork. You can talk to people that are that seem to be standing right next to you, but you know, there's there's nothing there. <laughs> You can see people like the mapping the facial mapping is exquisite. You can tell like people's expressions, their body movements. It's really quite something.
0: And this is all available to individuals to purchase as well as corporations.
1: I would assume so. I'm I'm an individual. I just am a, a tech junkie, so I want
0: all of these things <laughs> for myself.
1: <laughs> but I would assume that they have they have business packages as well.
0: Mm. All right. Um, if if yes. you're
1: not in the the top tier of of businesses, you can't afford you know every every one of your employees to have virtual goggles or anything like that. There mm. are companies like Alliance Virtual Offices that are around um, that offer virtual meeting rooms for smaller businesses They have customer service representatives, so you can have a live chat person. You can have, um, or a real person that your business can say, this is my customer service center. This is the number for them. They offer business addresses, Mm -hmm. even if you're working from your pajamas. (laughs) Um, Business phone numbers. So everything that you need um, at an affordable rate to be able to grow your business and make your employees a lot more comfortable.
0: So it sounds like there are positives to this, which which is great because it didn't start out sounding that positive. (laughs) Are we... I want to try to end this on as upbeat a note as we possibly can. So let's look ahead, if you can, five years into the future. What are we looking at? Like if more companies decide to go full on remote, I think it's something like right now it's projected 36.2 million Americans by 2025 will be completely remote. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. what kind of positivity can we see?
1: Well, one, th- one um, case example that I like to bring up is Xerox. Okay. They have been allowing their employees to work from home for 30-plus years. A lot of them have the option to come into an office and everything. But from in, in just an average year, because they have such a long history of successful implementation of work-from-home models their Their company. This is one company. Yes, it's a big company, but mm-hmm. it's not you know one of the biggest in the world. Right. Um, their employees every year save a, an appro- approximately ninety two million miles of driving, which would produce forty one thousand metric tons of carbon dioxide. Mm. So. Implementing these strategies early is a wonderful way to get in on the ground floor. Right. You know, Xerox has been doing this for decades now, and they have been an absolute success story. So, taking models like that for existing companies, looking at companies that have been doing this for such a long time. Um, and using that model to grow their brand. I mean, it's a very successful company. So, I mean, they're obviously doing something right. Mm-hmm. They have happy employees. And being able to pull from a talent pool that's not limited by geography, you get the best workers in the world. Mm. So, you know, I, I really don't see, aside from the abrupt nature of, yeah. of working from home in the pandemic, Um, I really think that corporations really need to embrace these types of, especially hybrid models where the people that are concerned about, you know, their corporate advancement or if their Mm. achievements are being noticed, have the opportunity to go into the office if they want, but they still have the flexibility that gives them that better quality of life. So you have happier employees, you have healthier employees, you have better profits, you have bigger customer bases. I really don't know what the hesitation is for.
0: (laughs) Plus, as I've seen it, we're already seeing catastrophic weather changes. We're already seeing problems that that are that are coming up as a result yes. of climate change. Clearly, this is something that, that I think you would agree needs to be implemented quickly.
1: Quickly. Yeah. No. yeah. It needs to have been implemented 20 years ago. Right. But we don't have time machines yet, so.
0: <laughs> and with the understanding, it's going to be hard and it's going to be yes. costly. What yes. What can we say to those people who are still the, this really isn't my problem, it's not my company's problem. We're doing the best we can, we recycle, we do you know, grassroots things you know, for our community. What can we say to them to try to you know, light a fire under them to jump to the fore and take more of a leadership role in this?
1: I think as far as like, to just to have a quick sound bite to sum things up, like, do you want your business to be around in 50 years? Do you want it to be here in 100 years? It doesn't matter if you are doing the bare minimum, like, and it doesn't matter if just you are doing everything that you can do. Everyone has to be involved in this. This is a global effort, and it seems daunting. But I think with the example of the pandemic, as awful as it was, you know, we saw huge percentage drops with all of the companies going remote. So if we could just implement just like part of that keep part of that, uh, like keep the good parts of that, that if everyone did that, kept the good parts, then I think that it would make a huge difference. And, you know, we see things like the big things like hurricanes and wildfires and, and, you know, tsunamis and all of these awful, like huge, terrible things that are far away and happening to other people. They're going within the next hundred years. If we don't do something within the next 50 years, those things are going to be happening to everyone. Right. So if everyone doesn't do their part and try to do do more than their part, try extra things that they already haven't been doing, then things are going to end up very badly, not just for, for corporations, but for the human race.
0: Sure, so. <laughs> sure. Plus, if they want to look at it this way, most major corporations have home offices on the coasts. Yep, which mm-hmm. which those oceans are are encroaching on us closer and closer or, every year,
1: or or <laughs> humongous office buildings on yes. the coasts and in big cities that you know the way that civilization evolves are around um, you know rivers and large lakes yeah. and areas that might not be quite as hospitable whenever it's underwater. Okay. So. <laughs> And with all the wildfires and and you think, oh, well, you know, I'm in in Illinois in the middle of the country. There's nothing that's going to happen to me. Well, you know, droughts (laughs) cause fires also. So, you know, with all of the, the crop production that happens in the Midwest, that's going to be severely affected as well.
0: So work to be done. But if we're going to look at a positive side to the pandemic, it showed us a path.
1: It showed us that it is absolutely doable. And not just on on an individual level level, not just on a on a corporation level, mm-hmm. but on a country level, on a worldwide level. That was something that all of us went through. All of us had to make significant changes in our life. Even if you were on the front line, you had to be you you had to make no changes to your work schedule. You still had to make drastic changes to your life. Everyone right. had to. So if you think all of the work that every single individual did, if you just like cut it down just to like fill this little tiny piece, if everyone did that, then everything would just be wonderful. So,
0: (laughs) Speaking of wonderful, Andrea, thank you so much for being wonderful and for being here. You were great.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Everyone,
0: please give a big round of applause to Andrea Burgess. They're still there. They're still right there. They know their job. They do it well. And I feed them well. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Okay.
1: Okay. Well...
0: (laughs) No, but seriously, you know. thank you for coming on board. Thank you for, for discussing oh, this really important subject with us. But I hate to tell you, it, I'm going to put you on the hot seat for a little bit because it's time uh-huh. for my speed round. It's the one piece of cheese in every show I allow myself. <laughs> All right. So to explain to you again what this is, Andrea, for 60 seconds, I'm going to ask you a series of innocuous questions about you. The objective here is to try to answer as many as you can as quickly as you can. You can feel free to go in depth if that's the way you want, but you might want to do shorter is better. Uh, If you are feeling competitive (laughs) at all, because most people I talk to are, there (laughs) is the the number to beat is 11. So try to beat 11 questions. All right. Once you hear the music, I'll start asking the first question, and away we go. Name a celebrity you most admire.
1: Uh, <laughs> Ariana Grande. <laughs> okay. What's your name? Andrea.
0: What's your favorite movie?
1: Um, uh, Titanic.
0: <laughs> How will you describe this interview to your friends?
1: Um... Uh, I'm moving right now, so sitting in a pile of trash. <laughs>
0: okay. Tell me something important you remember from kindergarten.
1: Um I did cheerleading dances with Curtis Blake at the ballgames.
0: What would you do if you were invisible for a day?
1: Uh, nothing, probably. <laughs> no one could find me.
0: <laughs> What's your favorite children's book? Oh, uh, Harry Potter. Do you consider yourself a follower or a leader? Both. If you could ask your pet a question, what would it be?
1: Why does your breath smell so bad? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Mommy, I that's just... I know so, what you
1: eat. I so you know what you eat. Why does it smell so bad? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so as you were already counting along, you know this, but just for everybody at home, you actually get... Nine. I I that's, stuck you that's, that's right out the box with Ariana Grande. That's <laughs> it is. I, I regret. It's...
1: I regret saying Ariana Grande. That <laughs> 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 was the first thing that came to my head. I wanted to keep it. Going,
0: so. Nope, that's perfect. That's exactly how you do it. First thing that comes, that's what you throw out there. Now you can spend the rest of the day figuring out why you're fixated on Ariana Grande. <laughs>
1: yes, that will that will cause some some consternation. Some <laughs>
0: Andrea, thank you once again for coming on board. And thank you to my team out there. Once again, we wrap up another episode of Team Building Saves the World. If you're a fan of this podcast or brand new to the podcast and just happen upon us because of this very fascinating and necessary topic, please tell everyone you know about it. Share it with coworkers. Share it with family. Share it with friends. We'd love to hear from each and every one of you. And we'd love to have more of you listening in on the show. You can find us at teambonding.com com forward slash podcast where you can find all of our past episodes and our future ones as they come out. You can also find us in all your favorite podcasting places, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to them, that's where we'll be. And my friends, as you go forth in this world, always remember, no matter where you are, who you are, or what's happening around you, if you're within the sound of my voice, you are now on my team and I am forever going to be on yours. So I want you guys to enjoy the rest of your day, and I'll see you next time.